Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, we welcome you back. Hour two, Thursday, week four, kicks off tonight. The NFL, of course, you've got the lines. It's funny. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. He was just asking randomly, are we still sitting two with the Lions laying it tonight in Lambeau? And then we looked up, and as we did, the board lit up, and DraftKings went to two and a half. So I'm taking a look right now, boys. Yeah, DraftKings is sitting two and a half. So uh, that jumped up without the juice moving on my board. We're seeing twos. So again, if you want to lay it with the Lions, you can find a two. If you want to take it with Green Bay right now, you can find a two and a half. I don't think we're going to get to three. If you if you hit three, that would immediately get bought, bought back down to two and a half. Uh, but interesting to see if it does. If you're a mitigator and you don't want to worry about the points at all, obviously you could just lay the dollar 40. You can find a dollar 35 with the Lions. And the pregame total right now, we're looking at 45. Again, 45 mostly everywhere. If you want to go under, you can find a 45 and a half. A couple of things before we get into the dog pound, boys. You know, I was having a conversation with a huge Raiders fan. Yes, they exist earlier today. And he was talking about Josh McDaniels. And I've gone on ad nauseum. Remember, I went last year with Millie Lombardi to that to that Raiders-Rams game here at SoFi right down the road. And I told you just overall, the vibe I got from McDaniels, it wasn't good. And it just, it's not necessarily something I don't want to go necessarily totally on body language and you like to give people second chances. So I'm not necessarily just jumping on let's club McDaniels because he kicked it down eight on the Steelers eight. Okay. So I'm not going there just because of that, but I can tell you sometimes you just get like anthropologic. Is that what it is? An anthropologist. How do you say it? Big guy. Anthropology. You're talking to the yes, wrong thank dude. You. you get those type of vibes, which essentially just just watching human beings. And when I was at that game and I saw McDaniel's camping out 50 yards away from his team, never getting involved with the offense, never getting involved with the defense. He looked like an offensive coordinator masquerading as a head coach. 
and frankly, we haven't really seen anything. A bunch of big-time halftime leads lost last year for the Raiders, which was historic. And this year, you know, a 1-2 and two start. They're 1-2 and two ATS. It hasn't been impressive. And I bring that all up because this week, they're at San Diego. Go ahead, demerit. They're at Los Angeles. And they're laying five and a half the last time I checked. And now, if you take a look at social media... I mean, I don't even want to make light of it because it does appear as though somebody's having a nervous breakdown. But the Chandler Jones stuff is ridiculous. And again, to even speculate um, or hypothesize as to what's happening with the individual as a human would be completely reckless on my part. But he's losing it. And unfortunately, it's happening right there in the public eye on social media or X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, He's going after Hunter Renfro. He's now going after Max Crosby. He went after ownership. He went after the head coach. He went after the general manager. And I'm not putting somebody's meltdown on McDaniels. I want to make that very clear. But as I kick it back to you boys, I will say it just does seem to be one more thing added to the nightmare or the mess that continues to be the Las Vegas Raiders because it's an organization right now that is completely upside down. You know, when you look at this team, guys, you talked about it. Everything has kind of been turned upside down. They get the opening win, and you feel like, okay, this team's heading in the right direction, potentially, and then they get absolutely wiped off the field in Buffalo. A struggle, bad coaching decisions at uh, Legion Stadium on Sunday night. Have you guys ever seen a coach stand so far away from the rest of his team? I've never seen that before, ever. No, no. And it was shocking to see it in person, frankly. And it's not just it wasn't necessarily just standing away. It, Mick Lombardi, who is Michael Lombardi's son, who's the offensive coordinator. He was engaged when the offense would come off. He was the one talking directly to Derek Carr. What I'm trying to say is I didn't even see McDaniels entertaining his team on offense during timeouts. So if he's not going to get involved with the offense, which is what McDaniels is, you know, and again, we often, and we used to talk about this all the time. We, we sometimes categorize people where the hot new assistant is the dude next up for a head coaching job. To me, that's always been ass backwards and counterintuitive. If you're trying to find a leader, like nothing about calling plays offensively or defensively in any way constitutes somebody potentially being a head coach. Like the idea of somebody calling plays good, and yes, that's grammatically incorrect, the idea that they could be a CEO is just absolutely asinine to me. So the fact that McDaniels goes to Denver, hits big early, and then absolutely falls apart, he was young, goes back to Belichick rehab, calls plays well, and then gets another head coaching job after he disrespected the Colts on the way out with the double bird is fascinating to me. But here we are to a mall's point with a dude that doesn't even stand near his team on game days issue. Wild move from McDaniels, because I think in any walk of life, whatever your profession is, you can stink and be liked and stay employed. Likeability is as important or, as ability. Or if you're going to be hated, you better be really good at the job. He is the rare case where he stinks He's hated, and he keeps getting opportunities over and over again. You know, Dustin brought up a couple of things that are applicable just in life. You know, you have to get along with people. Whether you like people or not is irrelevant, but you have to have the ability to get along with people you work with. And then the second thing is I always kind of point this out. If Wayne Gretzky is able to be traded, every single coach and athlete is expendable. And if you're Josh McDaniels, you come in with an 18-30 and career record, a 38-win percentage, what are you doing? I tell you right now, we know Tom Brady's made a ton of money in his career. 
but this guy should be getting royalty checks from Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cornell, Bill O'Brien, and Josh McDaniels. All of these people have been able to steal millions and millions of dollars in the National Football League and at the collegiate level because they all were associated with Tom Brady. Yeah, the issue is he works for an organization and an owner that is completely anomalous as compared to, for the most part, the Bidwells, you can throw them in the mix. Yeah. But, you know, Mark Davis is just a Nepo weirdo that is just involved. Like, he got the stadium built in Las Vegas, and he's good because, obviously, but that that's it. Like, there's nothing behind. And his hires, Basaccia went out and beat this team they're playing this weekend, Basaccia literally made the postseason after Gruden got fired for emails that were unsavory. Basaccia goes to the postseason. The whole entire locker room is like, this guy is legit. He moves on and go grabs McDaniels. It's just, it's, it hasn't, it's been an odd, um, I guess, event full time in Las Vegas thus far. Yeah, and so things are starting to get weird in the locker room. So I don't know if you guys saw on Sunday, I'm going to read a quote and then we're going to hear from Devonte Adams from yesterday. After the game, he was talking about winning culture and doing things a different way. He said, quote, we're not doing things the right way to establish a winning culture. We've got to go out there and do it. That's the theme of this year, doing it, not just talking about it and figuring out what we need to do. We did all that last year. This year, we got to be about it. Devontae Adams yesterday meeting with the media was asked about his comments and he clarified some of them, but also kind of doubled down as well. Here's what he had to say uh, for the for the people that I needed it to. Yeah. I mean, the rest of the people, it's no surprise. It's no secret that I, I truly don't care what people think. You know, as long as the people that it's intended for understand the message, that's what's most important to me. Um, for the people that didn't understand the message, it was not a shot or directed at anybody in the, in the front office here. This, that's about that's, that was about us as a football team and the players that go out there and control things and have the most control over what happens you know, in the, in the outcome of games. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's a really cowardly and small thing to take shots at coaches when we do have a lot to do, you know, the most to do with what happens ultimately out there on the field. So He's a total pro. He's one of the best I've ever seen. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> he also complained coming into the season when they moved on from Derek Carr. Remember, well, he, he wasn't happy there. with the coaching staff at the time. He came here to play with Derek yeah. Carr. Uh, he came there where you guys are sitting, I should say, in Clark County. Shout to Clark County to play with Derek Carr. And it's all just falling apart around him. That is a glass. That is a house of cards right now with the Vegas Raiders. Well, I mean, think about this. To your point. He came here with the intention he's going to play with his best friend from Fresno State. He goes from Aaron Rodgers to Carr, a bit of a drop-off. But at the same time, you have an opportunity to play with somebody you're very close to. And now, all of a sudden, he's gone. They move on from him. If I'm the Raiders, I trade Devontae Adams before trade the trade. Trade everyone. Well, yeah, it's exactly. To me, you start stockpiling draft picks. I mean, why not go? What would you guys look to get if you're another team? What would you be willing to give up? I would give up a one and a three all day and say, hey, where do we sign? Devontae Adams has an immediate impact. Think about this. If Devontae Adams goes to 30 other teams, minus the Minnesota Vikings, he is the number one receiver on everybody's team. That includes Jamar Chase. That includes Tyreek Hill, anybody else. Speaking of, you just mentioned Fresno State with Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. Speaking of Fresno State, go to Fresno State and then go, oh, yeah, we forgot he's at Washington now, and pick up Kalen DeBoer <laughs> and bring back a real head coach. That's what, That would be my advice. And by the way, I do like the over in this matchup this weekend. Both defenses have been highly questionable, that being the Raiders yeah. and the Chargers. I think the number 
was right around 48. You can give me an updated number, 48. Even if the Chargers tighten up things a little, we're showing 48 and a half. That's the one place I'd look. It has dipped from five and a half down to five boys with the Chargers laying it. I'm laying it. I I I haven't even done my research yet. I can tell you I'm late. That Raiders defense is so bad. Russell Wilson marched up and down the field against them. I think they stink. I was on Allen's prop, passing prop over against them. I think Herbert's going to go off again because I don't know if Eckler's going to play. If Eckler doesn't play, I'd look at whatever they set the number at for Justin Herbert. It wasn't up when I looked yesterday. I'd go over on Herbert passing yards, and I would lay the, lay the five. I don't see Yeah, but any you brought way. up. Sorry, go ahead, Dustin. I, I just don't see any way that the Raiders' offense can respond back enough times when that defense is as bad as it is. And the defense that you just brought up, which would be the Raiders, how about the Chargers? Okay, giving up 24 to the Vikings, 36 to the Dolphins. You can understand. Didn't they give up 27 to the Titans? Yeah. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> the, Titans, but, the Titans just didn't gain 100 yards against the Browns. Do, do you know what Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's arm is? It's like if Kenny Pickett took PEDs for one week. It's just a little bit better than, than Kenny Pickett's. He's not throwing them back into this game. What if he took PADs, though? Performance. I got to think of a word for A. You nailed it. Nothing. Hey, when we come back, we're going to the pound, boys. The dog pound. Next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, bet smarter with Juice Reel. Juice Reel, that's Juice R E E L in the App Store. Juice Reel is not a sports book, it's a tool to help you beat the books. Juice Reel connects all of your sports betting accounts into one app, loads all of your betting history and gives you an analytical edge backed by nearly $1 billion in bets from sports bettors in all 50 states. You can use the data to follow all the winners and fade the losers. Don't place another bet until you've downloaded this revolutionary sports betting tool. It's called Juice Reel. That's Juice 
like orange juice, real, R-E-E-L. It's absolutely free, so you can download it right now. iPhone, Android, either device, go check it out. Juice Reel, become a better better. Okay, here, here's what I want to do. We've got the dog pound where we pick a small dog, a mid-sized dog, and a big dog. I want to hold off on that just a little bit, boys, as we welcome you back here on Sharp Money, of course. I'm Patrick Maher, Dustin Sweetelson, Amal Shaw, live at the D, Fremont Street in Las Vegas. We've got week four kicking off tonight, Thursday night football with the Lions now up the two and a half at Green Bay. Did want to talk about a big matchup, Oregon State hosting Utah. That number has jumped up to four and a half, as Amal mentioned. But there's a game that you two are both on, and that is Western Kentucky. So I wanted to start there and kind of run over some of these games in the college board. And Big Guy, we'll start with you. Two, Both of you all over Western Kentucky this week. Yeah, look, uh, Western Kentucky's been a high-powered offense for a few years now, and I, there's a guy coaching them that doesn't get a ton of credit, even though his brother is very well-known to most college football fans, and that's Tyson Helton, brother of Clay. Uh, 4-0 lifetime versus Middle Tennessee. Average margin of victory in those games, 13 and a quarter. Last two seasons, the average is 22 and a half points in the differential between them and Middle Tennessee. Western Kentucky quarterbacks have been elite. We're talking Bailey Zappi, Austin Davis. Like, these guys put up gaudy numbers. They've averaged 377 passing yards per game since the 2021 season. That's the best in all of FBS. That's everyone in Division One. That's how high-powered this offense is, and they're matching up with a Middle Tennessee team that I just don't think is capable of keeping pace with an offense that's as dynamic as the Hilltoppers. So I have no problem laying six and a half here with a team that I think should put up a ton of points. I would agree. Do you, have pro- do you have problems laying seven, boys? Because it just went to seven across the board. It's not ideal. But again, college football, I don't panic on the line moves as much as you do in other uh, NFL level. And also, let's say in Ohio State, Notre Dame, Alabama, LSU type of game. I think in these types of games, when you look at it, what you get in Conference USA tends to be a little bit more wide open, some inconsistencies, whether it's in the kicking game or on special teams. So Austin Reed's been tremendous. Nine touchdowns, one INT. Patrick, the lone INT came against Ohio State. I think Denzel Burke got him on that one. Don't remember for sure. But you look at this team between Malachi Corley and Eaton Messer. These guys have been tremendous. 40 receptions already in just four games combined. This is a dangerous team. Blue Smith was a uh, big-time recruit who was at Ohio State, went to Cincinnati, winds up at East, uh, Western Kentucky. They've got some capabilities in the offensive side of the ball. They lose a hard-fought game at Troy on the road by three points. They get dusted by the Buckeyes. But when you look at Middle Tennessee, I know a lot of people were on them last week on the Blue Raiders against CSU. They, they're just not that competitive a football team. Now, they did play competitively against Missouri. But overall, I still think Western Kentucky is the better team, the more complete team here. I have not played this game yet. Uh, the number just got too far away from me, but I'll probably end up playing either some on the seven and I'll take some on the money line as well and kind of split it up and probably put in a money line parlay with something. Uh, probably Detroit tonight on the money line. I would imagine the two of you are excited for tomorrow night, Utah at Oregon State. Now, this number opened a point and a half. We've gone through, obviously, the key number of three. We're all the way up to four and a half with the questions for Utah at quarterback. And I'll say this. They may have the best unit on the field in that Utah defense, but they've survived thus far. And thanks to Whittingham's a tremendous coach. They've been dominant physically. Uh, they completely dominated Chip Kelly's Bruins last week. However, what's interesting about this Utah-Oregon State matchup, if you think about it, Jonathan Smith's program closely resembles what Whittingham's done at Utah. Wouldn't you guys agree? It's kind of like that. It really is. He's built a tough program defensively, specifically that offensive front. 
And they're just the more balanced team. Oregon State's the more balanced team this year. I don't have a problem with the line movement here, one and a half with the questions at quarterback. We're all the way up to four. Amal, we'll start with you in a total that's come down just a bit at 44 and a half. Look, I think you make a ton of compelling arguments for Oregon State. I like Fenwick and I like Martinez, the, their combination at running back. Fenwick is outstanding last week, goes over 100 yards in a losing effort against Washington State. But they were thoroughly outplayed by Cam Ward and the Cougars in that game. And that game was on the uh, at the Palouse. Now they're back at Research Stadium. A good opportunity here. Utah dusted them last year. But guys, Patrick, you brought it up and you're absolutely right. We talked about Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State with Adam Brenneman and how good those defenses are. Well, you know who's sixth in scoring defense in college football this year? That's the Utah Utes. They've given up 38 points. You you mentioned it. They slow down the Gators. The Gators are now in the top 25. They take care of business comfortably against Joe Milton in Tennessee. They shut down Dante Moore, who's going to be a good one, but they really stymied the UCLA team. They jump out with a pick six on the first play of the game. Now, the concern a little bit here is can Nate Johnson, if Cam Rising can't play and Brent, Brent Cuthie can't play, how effective can this offense be? They have not been great, and they're going to need to score some points here. I, even though it's going to be a competitive game, I feel like if you don't get the 24 points, you're probably not going to be able to win this game on the road. That's probably the magic number here. But, guys, I'm telling you, at four, I will go with Kyle Whittingham and the toughest team over the last decade in the Pac-12 and go with the Utes. We talked about the well-roundedness. How about the Bieber, the Beavers, big guy? 15th in EPA per play on both offense and defense. That is an impressive display of well-roundedness for a football team that really doesn't have much of a history. Smith, the former quarterbacks, worked wonders here. Yeah, I my initial thought was wanting to to take the Beavers at home here. We're gonna the numbers getting a little too high. I thought it was going to be a shorter number. I thought there would be an overreaction to the loss to Washington State just because I think. Most people are sleeping on how good that Cougars team has been to start the year. I know they beat Wisconsin. That put them on the map. But they've looked like a really efficient team, and that was a tough matchup for Oregon State on the road there in the Palouse. Now they come back home. They're hosting Utah. I think they can get right, but, God, it's the it's the one, one, the only team in the Pac-12 I would want not to have to get right against. Like, they're going to be well-coached. They're going to be disciplined. They're going to beat you up at the line of scrimmage. This is a Utah team that limited a Chip Kelly offense to seven points. Chip Kelly doesn't get limited to one touchdown. He goes in and takes two-for-ones, three-for-ones. He's, like, shopping at TJ Maxx for touchdowns. So, I, I it's a complete stay away from me. I think it's one of the few games on the on the slate this week where I'm going to have no bet and I'm going to watch every single snap. I, could we could we argue? Sorry, Amal, just to jump in. Whittingham's always been tight lipped about injuries, but they could potentially be down their top two quarterbacks. Yeah. We know they're down Bernard at running back. Uh, Johnson got hurt. Last, excuse me. Jaquindon Jackson got banged up last week against um UCLA so he could be out he hasn't been healthy all year I mean you could be looking at a Utah team long way of saying down their top two quarterbacks and top two running backs yeah absolutely you mentioned Jaquindon Jackson to me he's tremendous he's got an ankle issue he's dealing with right now he is a difference maker in running the football I tell you what though when I look at Utah I don't feel like they overwhelm you with that one individual talent it's next man up mentality better than almost anybody in college football and I think that's what the Utes bring to the table they didn't play great and that's why I think Winningham's team will be refocused. You guys talked about Smith's team coming off of a loss. So I think all those things you have to take into consideration. The best play on this game might end up being one not made. Just sit back and watch a great football game. This feels like 24-20. I'm not sure which side comes out on top. But as Dustin alluded to, this number is at four, four and a half in some spots. I, I would take that. And just to follow up real quickly with you guys, who do you believe right now is the best team in the Pac-12? And do you believe on December 3rd that is still the best team in the Pac-12 and they win the league? Washington and yes. 
I, I know I know that's a basic answer. No, no, no. That's it's that's exactly what I was. Yeah. It, okay, you, uh, USC disappointed USC disappointed me so much last week. It's it's impossible to allow like conceptualize how they don't dominate that team. I also think uh, USC gets everyone's best more often than a lot of the other teams sure. in the league because everyone wants to knock them down because of who they are and their brand and and what, what it means for recruiting too as well, right? Like taking down USC is big for recruiting. So I would actually lean with Washington as well. But the thing is, it's that middle to bottom of the league that just fascinates me week in and week out. Guys, I'm going to go with two teams you're probably not going to consider. I like Oregon a lot. I love Oregon. I, I think Bo Nix is playing extremely well. Troy Franklin's tremendous. Bucky Irvin can run the ball effectively. They're, the one thing in this league, you don't have to be great defensively because these offenses are elite with these quarterbacks. And then I'm going to tell you what, I am late to the party, but maybe Washington State will allow me on that bandwagon. I'm telling you right now, Cam Ward is a problem, and so is yeah. this offense. They shut down Malusi, and they shut down Braylon Allen. I think this team can make you one-dimensional. Caleb can beat you through the air, and so can Michael Penix. But I'm going to tell you guys where I push back on Washington and USC. Neither of these teams can play elite defense. No, and by the way, we could find out this week, if Colorado puts up some points against this USC defense, I think it'll just show how much better the Oregon defense has gotten. And, I mean, the USC defense isn't very good, but I do think that Oregon defense is turning a corner. I'm, I'm not sure USC, after what I saw from Oregon last week, I'm not sure they can hang up front on either side of the ball. I Oregon's agree. got a bunch of dudes up front. Like they were. And that is that is the big talk here in Los Angeles. A little soft up front on both sides of the ball for USC. We know the talent. We know Caleb Williams. Outside of that, a little soft right now is the conversation in Los Angeles about USC, both up front defensively and offensively. All right, good stuff, boys, on college football. Sam Houston State as well. Dustin's got an angle coming up tonight. When we return, Emery Hunt's going to join. Talking a little football here. Sharp money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, the competition continues amongst the VSIN shows. We've got a subscription contest going, and we need your help. $1,000 voucher up for grabs over at Circa, Super Bowl futures ticket. We're going to include you. Just use that code SHARP when signing up. You get 40% off our football season special right now. Again, right now, 40% off when you use the code SHARP. Bragging rights are on the line. Thousand bucks as well. It's vsin.com slash subscribe. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Emery Hunt joins us. All juice. My man, I want that hoodie. CBS Sports HQ football analyst. You can find Emery on Twitter. F-Ball game plan, of course, going to be on CBS Sports tonight. You can check them. We talk CBS. We talk college. We talk NFL with Emery. And as we say hi, if you don't mind, I did want to start with week four kicking off in the NFL tonight, Emery. It's a division rival. That is Detroit at Green Bay. Right now, Detroit's laying two and a half. Who do you give the edge to tonight in the short week? I would say the Detroit because of their defensive line going up against a, a banged up offensive front for uh, the Green Bay Packers. And I feel like that's the difference here. And, you know, you look at what Detroit does well, it's point of attack play. They're less banged up on their offensive line. They're healthy-ish on their defensive front. You look at where, where the Packers may have some some issues. Jerry Alexander uh, may or may not play tonight. You know, so that's a big loss for them if he isn't able to play. Christian Watson may or may not play. If he does play, he's going to be on pitch count. 
So they're kind of weak and banged up a little bit right now. I do like Detroit uh, being the fact that they do have strength on the offensive line, defensive line, a little bit more healthier uh, than their counterparts in Green Bay. Emory, you're in the New York area. I've got to ask you this question. A, if you're in charge of the Jets, what do you do with Zach Wilson? And then what do you think is eventually going to happen here with him? You know, it's interesting, man, because I, I saw Dan Orlovsky tweet out something earlier, speak about they, they are coaching him scared. I completely agree. Because when, you're, when you don't have the confidence, not only in your coaching staff or your coach staff doesn't have the confidence in you and your team, clearly doesn't have the confidence in you. And you saw this when they signed Aaron Rodgers or when people were campaigning for Aaron Rodgers, then they subsequently signed him. Now they're taking him to next games. They're bringing him chains and talking all this stuff about Aaron Rodgers. You're still on the team. So it's hard for Zach Wilson to go out there and just play. He's trying to play mistake-free football as opposed to just going out there and just playing ball. And you kind of just have to let it let it go. You know, if I'm the Jets, you know, you could end up with a top three pick if if things don't go well. I know that sucks to hear. I feel like the Giants are in the same situation too. You know, that they're staring potentially two and eight in the face. So they could potentially have themselves a top three pick, and they both have decisions to make at quarterback. You know, it's funny, Emery. It, they talked about Salah potentially losing the locker room over that quarterback decision. Like, this is this is a house of cards right now with the Jets. A team expected with Rodgers to win a Super Bowl, and now we're talking about draft picks. Like, it's it's gone downhill quickly. Well, here's the thing, too. In those four plays that Aaron Rodgers were, was able to play, two of them, you saw him under pressure and indecisive, so who's to say he wouldn't have gotten hurt by the end of that game? Right. So it's not like it's, their offensive line was a question mark uh, coming in. And then that's where they still have to find ways to be improved. And yes, you want to lean in on your depth in the run game, but everyone knows that. So it's easy for people to stop the run, knowing they don't that you don't have confidence in your quarterback and you don't want to throw the football more than you have to. So it's easy to play run defense. So it's kind of weakening your run game. So if I'm them, I'm just letting him go out there and just ball out. Just go and throw the ball. You're an athlete. We're going to put you on the move. We're going to make you have success, try to create things that, that work for you at BYU, as opposed to trying to coach him to be this don't-make-a-mistake guy because you're the reason why we're in this situation. You're know, trying to blame him for everything. But to me, hack it. Show that you are an OC outside of Aaron Rodgers. Show that you can call some plays, design some plays, get those playmakers that you have at your disposal, at receiver, at tight end, and at running back involved in the passing game and have some success. Emory, let's go to the college ranks. You were on Ross Tucker's podcast. You talked about the Kansas-Texas game. Tell me what you think about KU. Lance Leopold, Daniels, a tremendous quarterback. And then on the flip side, how good do you believe Texas currently is before they get ready for the Red River on the second uh, weekend of October? Excuse me, the first weekend of October. Well, and that's the thing. This game comes at a perfect time for Kansas because you have that big game versus who should be an undefeated Oklahoma. A uh, big rivalry game, and this is the perfect look-ahead spot if you're Kansas. But this Kansas team is so solid on both sides of the ball. Lance Lightfall has done a fantastic job uh, bringing this program back up to relevance. They have a great quarterback in jail. And Daniels, a dual-threat guy that can give any defense problems. And yet yeah, they got blown out last year 55-14. But this is a different team, different makeup. They remember what happened last year. This game would be a lot closer than what people think. And Texas can be good if they can win games in convincing fashion in games that are supposed to be winning. Right. We saw them kind of drag their feet a little bit last week before they got into gear. If you're going to be a great team, you got to be great all the time. And I think that's going to be the mark of how good this Texas King team can be 
with how well they come out and play against Kansas and how well, if they win, how convincing they beat the Jayhawks. Emory, you also talked about a brutal spot here for Notre Dame. So they lose a heartbreaker at home to Ohio State. Now they travel to Duke undefeated. Top 25 matchup. What's your thoughts on this matchup between Notre Dame and Duke? I feel like no one's talking about Duke. And on CBS Sports HQ earlier in the summer, Duke and Penn State were my preseason underdogs to win their respective conferences. We're looking pretty good right now. You have Duke beating Clemson 24-7, dominating that ball game. And only one team, I believe it was Northwestern, that scored double-digit points on this Duke defense. So Duke can not only run the ball, they can play great defense. They don't beat themselves with penalties and turnovers. So they're a fundamentally sound team. They're just like Notre Dame. So not only will this game be closer than people think, Duke has a legitimate chance to win this ball game because here's the other spot that they're in that's, that's advantageous for Duke. They have a bye week next week. They can go all out against Notre Dame and really open up the playbook and give themselves two weeks to get ready for their next game. So we saw them answer the question against Clemson. There's a big test here against Notre Dame, and then they have a bye week. So things are setting up perfectly for Duke. This game is going to be tremendously close. Um, it's going to look a lot like what we saw last week against Ohio State for Notre Dame. Great, great point there by you, by Emery. Uh, I'm sorry, Patrick, were you going to say something? No, oh, please, go ahead. They've only given up 35 points so far in the four games, and I don't think anybody talks about the job that Mike Elko has done. It's been a tremendous job. I want to ask you, you mentioned Penn State in your preseason pick. So far, a tremendous pick. This is a team among the top five scoring defenses in college football. What has impressed you so far with the Nittany Lions that makes you believe they can beat Ohio State and or Michigan or both? How they are not Penn Stating themselves this year. <laughs> we talked about teams that usually, like Texas, right? They'll come out and play great against one team, come out and lose against directional, you know, Louisiana or somebody like that, right? So now you look at Penn State, that used to be the same thing. They'll come out and beat a great team, a ranked team, and come back and lose to Akron. So now you look at what they're doing now, they're winning games in a multitude of ways. Sometimes it's their defense that needs to step up. Sometimes it's their run game that'll step up. Sometimes it's their passing game that needs to step up and all have answered the call. So they are a well-balanced team. They could beat you in a multitude of ways. Their run game, their passing game with Drew Aller, their defense is excellent. This is a complete team. One, I think it's the best team uh, James Franklin has had collectively since he's been there. Emery, you tweeted, F-ball game plan. Al Davis would be proud of how the Dolphins' offense personnel is constructed. My assumption is speed, speed, and more speed. Here's my question for you. Do defenses eventually catch up to the McDaniels' offense, or do you think this is legit? It's funny you use the word catch up because no, no one's going to catch up to speed unless you have Olympic sprinters on defense, and that's where the problem lies. You may have one fast dude on your team, but you don't have five. The Dolphins have five. The Dolphins can exploit space, and they don't need much. If you look at where Tua was throwing the ball, there was a lot of short passes, and these dudes are taking these short passes and going a long way. And if you are a team that is out of position by a half a step or a yard or so, good luck. So I think that's mm -hmm. going to be the thing. The biggest key for Miami is staying healthy at quarterback. And as long as Tua is back there, they're going to be a problem uh, moving forward. And hopefully – at some point, they do get Jalen Ramsey back. Uh, I don't know if his injury was a, a year long, a season ender. But, man, imagine what this team could look like with a, another lockdown corner on the opposite side. Emory, we've got about a minute left. Big picture-wise, where do you see this Dolphins team stacking up with the rest of the AFC now? You have to consider them as one of the favorites in the AFC. 
along with a Baltimore team, a, a Cleveland team uh, that, that looks to be strong on defense. You look at what the Chiefs do, as long as they have, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, they're, they're good as well. And the South can be a competitive team uh, coming out that way. But I look at this as one of the favorites, man. They, they can play uh, an up-tempo game. They can come back from a large deficit because of their speed. It's going to be fun to watch, man. Monmouth, Lehigh tonight, homecoming. Emery Hunt on the call, CBS Sports HQ. You can find him on HQ tonight and also on Twitter, F-Ball Game Plan. All juice. Thanks, Emery. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I want to get one of those hoodies. Big guy, can you get me one of those all juice hoodies? Is that something that you can handle for me? Yeah, give me your credit card info. I don't know. I'm saying maybe you could get me for my birthday <laughs> a little early uh, when we return. Thank you, Emery. Appreciate you, bro. That's a great job. You can go college. You can go NFL. Emery's all over. We love it. When we return, we're finally going to get to it. The dog pound. And by the way, he just gave you one from the dog pound. If you were paying attention, Duke plus 180 over Notre Dame. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, bet five bucks to get 200 right now instantly in bonus bets when you use the promo code SHARP when you download the DraftKings app. Again, this is for new customers. Why don't you start tonight? DraftKings is an official partner of the NFL. Of course, week four in Green Bay with Detroit and Town kicks off. So make sure you check it out. DraftKings, five bucks to win 200 instantly. The crown is yours. We're back here, Sharp Money. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. Hope you're having a nice week as we kick off week four tonight. Mention that number's jumped since we talked and since we opened the show. Two up to two and a half. Quickly, 
Uh, I just wanted to follow up before we get to the official dog pound. I wanted to follow up on something Emery said and just get both of your takes. This Notre Dame-Duke game is fascinating. We can go on and on about the spot Notre Dame's in after losing late on Saturday, a heartbreaker to Ohio State. Now they travel out to Duke. This is going to be an insane. Like for Duke football, the atmosphere is going to be about as quote-unquote lit as it could possibly be. Emery mentioned the following week with the bye, so they can go all in here. Again, the number's five and a half. I can check out the money line. The money line right now is plus 180 on Duke, already with an upset at home over Clemson to kick off the year. Here comes Notre Dame, a great quarterback matchup with Riley Leonard and, of course, Sam Hartman. Would you guys agree? Not necessarily. I just want to eschew the number right now as far as the point spread. How about Duke on that plus 180? I think think it's a great spot. You know, you referenced this is the biggest game in uh, Duke football in a while at home. You're absolutely right. You bring in Notre Dame, a marquee program, and – Patrick, I don't know how mentally, forget getting ready physically and all the preparation, but how you mentally overcome losing a game like that, right? Two plays where you have 10 players on the field. I am sure nobody's come out and said it publicly, but there are guys within that locker room blaming the coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball. Al Golden, the defensive coordinator there, Marcus Freeman, the head coach. It's just a big letdown if you're the Irish. You had a top five team over the last half a dozen years on the ropes at home, had an opportunity, third down and 19, you give up a big play there, and then you give up the uh, one-yard run to chip train him at the end of the game. This is a great spot for Mike Elko, Riley Leonard and company. I mean, Calhoun and Moore on the perimeter have been outstanding. 40 combined catches for this team so far. Waters has done a nice job running the ball, as well as Leonard. Don't forget about Riley Leonard. I think he's a guy who people forget about. Averages almost 60 yards rushing per game. This is going to be a good, good opportunity if you are Duke in a perfect spot. The defense has played well. The only thing I'll push back on this Duke defense is they've given up 35 points. But, guys, we all saw the Clemson game. There were plenty of opportunities for the Tigers to be able to score more points than they did in that matchup. Elko greater than sign Freeman. I don't even think that's a question right (laughs) now. Freeman's too concerned about what's doing with the look and not concerned about 11 players on defense. We can go on and on about that. There were bigger gaffes throughout the game as well. We'll say this Notre Dame, big guy, nine, one ATS against the ACC over the past two plus years. So have performed well in this spot. Yeah. Conspiracy theory. If the Duke players want to keep Mike Elko, they'll lay down and lose this game. Cause I can tell you this, if he upsets Notre Dame at home, he ain't going to be your coach next, next year, unless you hop in that transfer portal. I, I thought the same thing when we had Emory Hunt on, I said, Mike Elko is trending towards a situation where he is going to end up becoming the most coveted guy. And remember a uh, last big time coach from Duke in the late eighties, early nineties went to Florida He had great success by the name of Steve Spurrier. So this is not unprecedented. We saw the job that Cutcliffe had done there previously. I think it's a great, great opportunity for Duke football to really put themselves on the map in the ACC. And guys, Clemson's gone. You've got Florida State. The Hurricanes are playing really, really well. And Duke, those are your three teams right now, in my opinion, that could be Uh, your front runners for the ACC. I'm going to tell you, we're going to find out something about Syracuse this weekend as well. Oh, calm down. The defense has improved with Rocky Long coming over and taking over. The offense has been really, really good. I think it's a big, big litmus test. Obviously, Clemson coming to town, but they've Clemson struggled in the Carrier Dome. They've struggled for a while under Dabo Sweeney against Syracuse. But on the Duke point, everything in me wants to take the five and a half at home. And the fact that it's not really moving has me wondering if I have the right read on this or not. Like, I think there's a, a chance we 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 see a Notre Dame team because of the way things went down at the end of the Ohio State game. 
they come out even more buttoned up this week and they make sure every I is dotted, every T is crossed, and they're a little bit more disciplined. Can I give you an estimate over 89 and a half rush yards? I know he was held for 70 <laughs> against Ohio State, but they're banged up outside at wide receiver. You assume Freeman's going to essentially tell them, look, we've got to hand the ball off. We've got to beat this team up physically. Prior to the 70-yard effort against Ohio State, he'd run for at least 95 yards in his previous five games. Uh, my assumption is he's going to be able to run on this Duke D. Now, the Duke offense, while, again, the one thing Notre Dame does better than anybody right now, well, not anybody, but close to anybody, is their pass D. Uh, you just wonder if Duke, whose offense is good, not great. Uh, Amal, you highlighted that earlier. You wonder if they're going to be able to score. But the question for Notre Dame, not just offensively, but defensively as well, will the energy be there? Will they be up for it? You know, I think that's where having a 23-year-old experienced quarterback and Sam Hartman, who's played in this league and played at, at uh, Duke, I think that helps immensely. Not that it's going to be some crazy atmosphere in Durham, but I thought you brought up a great point. That was the point I was just about to make was you turn the you turn around, you hand the ball off to Audrick Estime. He is a tremendous running back. Look, you mentioned 70 yards against Ohio State, but Tumalau, Tyleek Williams, Michael Hall, these are all guys that are going to play at the NFL level. Yep. I, I think this is a great opportunity for Duke to ground and pound. We saw what they did when they went down to what, 20 minutes away in Raleigh earlier this year? They put up 45 points against NC State in a weather game. Guys, with everything we've said positive about Duke, I still think it's hard to take the five and a half with the Devils here. I got to go with the experience of Sam Hartman, uh, Audric Estime, this Notre Dame team. Al Golden's improved this defense. You mentioned Rocky Long up in Syracuse. I think Al Golden's done a tremendous job. I will go with Notre Dame. I, Patrick, I don't know where you come out. Dustin, I don't know where you guys are out, but I, it's not a comfortable one, but I'll lay the five and a half. I'll take the five and a half, but I'll go to you. I think I got a co-sign with estimate over 89 and a half from a mall. Big guy, you good with it? Yeah, I also like it because we don't know really how good this run defense is for Duke because they've been winning so much and teams have had to throw in the second half. And I think estimate is a different kind of cat. When you hand him the ball, he's so physical. It's going to be a lot for Duke to handle over the course of four quarters. So I, I like that overplay. Riley's got to not turn the football over. This is it, it. I'm I'm excited to see what the atmosphere is like at Duke. Like this is not this is kind of foreign territory for that student body. It's not Mike Gray versus Coach K. I tell you that. It'll just be interesting to see what the. I'm I'm very curious. Be very curious. This is a big spot for Freeman as a young coach because I, that whether or not his team is prepared and emotionally into this and off of social media really comes down to kind of the grasp the coach has on his team. I, I think you bring up an excellent point. You look last year, they lost a game to Marshall. They shouldn't have lost. And I know Marshall had a tremendous defense. Stanford is a definitive game. You shouldn't have lost last year. Those are two losses. SC and Ohio state. You can live with particularly the Buckeyes were on the road. Now you're at Wallace Wade where they only hold 40,000 people. Great opportunity. The noise is probably not going to be a factor Good, good opportunity for Notre Dame here. Patrick, you mentioned it. Guys, I don't know where you come out on Notre Dame, but my opinion is if Notre Dame beats USC and that game is in South Bend, if they beat USC and they run the table, because I think the rest of the schedule is manageable, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish will be in the college football playoff. I think another hard aspect, you mentioned the schedule, Mall is they're going to Louisville after this. I think Louisville is a team that had, they had like 12, 13 transfers. Yeah. They're getting better on offense every week. I, I know we none of us are high on Plummer, the quarterback, but he's putting up some big numbers. That receiver thrash is awesome. The running back, uh, Jawad Jordan, is having a monster year. I think for Notre Dame scheduling, 
They need to focus and take care of Duke because next week's going to be another challenge and then USC. I, I think these are three really difficult weeks. And you guys mentioned Marcus Freeman. He's going to have to right the ship here and keep this team in line as they prepare for these three tough games. Well, I said yesterday, you play. Sorry, Patrick. I was no, just going to say 3-0 Ohio State, 4-0 Duke, 5-0 Louisville, and then 6-0 USC. I mean, it, it's a murderer's row in terms of games. You're going to play four teams that are combined on 18-0 probably when they face off against each opponent. Yeah, that's brutal. That's brutal. By the way, a couple of sharps that I know, a couple of professionals on Louisville tomorrow night. Not Me sure too. if you two have an opinion. Oh, I'm all over it. It's up to th- it's up to three and a half at NC State with Louisville laying it. Well, look, Brennan Armstrong, the Virginia transfer for NC State, has been exactly what I thought he's been, a car wreck. Okay? There's a reason why UVA let him walk, and they had no qualms about it. When you look at this team right now, they're just not efficient offensively. Defensively, they're not great. They struggle in some spots against UVA. Uh, I like the way this team is playing. By the way, I'm going to tell you guys, I watched that BC Louisville game the other day. They called off the dogs mid third quarter. Yeah, I, I mean, these guys could have gone for about 80 on BC. They, they must like Jeff Halfley. They realize they're never going to lose to him as long as he's at Chestnut Hill. Yeah, I mentioned it with Louisville, Patrick. They had like 12, 13 transfers come in. and Every single week, they've gotten better. Georgia Tech, they, they struggled. They didn't cover week one. They've looked better every single week. They beat Indiana on a neutral site at Lucas Oil. This was really not that neutral of a site in week three. Plumbers completing 67%. They're eighth in the nation with 43 points per game. Defense is only allowing 19 points per game. That's 42nd. And NC State barely beat a bad Virginia team and a limited UConn team that can't throw the ball. Yeah, you're getting the worst of it, but it opened two and a half. Louisville on the road at NC State pushed through three, up to three and a half. I do know a couple of pros on that one on Louisville. When we return, we still haven't got to the dog pound. I keep teasing it. I promise we will. And Matt Sims joins. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 